Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1TN5 for Friday, June 17th. I'm Jack Vaughn. Outgoing Big 12 boss Bob Bowlesby's latest thoughts on NIL during an interview with SiriusXM's Big 12 this morning. It is obvious that many institutions, not all, but many, a troubling number have used it exactly as an inducement. Boosters have become directly involved in the recruitment of student-athletes. We have completely lost control of the recruiting environment. Coaches hate it. There are lots of intermediaries involved, and I just think there will be activity to rein that in and put that back in a box. That is not to say that student-athletes aren't entitled to make money off their name, image, and likeness. I don't see it as sustainable in its current form. Count Oregon among the schools that supports transfer windows, as Ducks AD Rob Mullins notes, I do think being able to do it 24-7, 365 has its challenges, so I do like the idea of basically at the conclusion of a season of having a several week window to be able to go explore that and have the opportunity to go there. How many of those? I don't really know. I haven't given it that much thought but I think you should have it multiple times in an academic year and it should start at the conclusion of a season and how many weeks that's open, it should be multiple weeks. How many that is, I think that's worthy of continued debate. In Eugene, as of May 16th, there were 66 Oregon student athletes who entered the portal in 2021 and 22, down from 81 in 2020 and 2021, but up from 40 in 19 and 20, and 55 in 2018 and 19. UAB AD Mark Ingram tells AL.com's Evan Dudley that the Blazers' path to the AAC may have been helped by the construction of Protective Stadium, saying, We were never told exactly why, but I'd like to think it helped. As I've said, it demonstrated our desire to be great and compete at a higher level. Combine that with the passion Birmingham has for college sports and that Birmingham is the center of the league geographically. But yes, Protective Stadium was a big part of it, but also all-inclusive. On the importance of facilities overall, Ingram says, Prior to my arrival, we had built Bartow Arena and not built another facility since. We built a softball field, the university helped us with that, but that was it. There was not another series of things that we as an institution or an athletic department could demonstrate that we wanted to be great. You have to meet your basic needs. Having a square track that slopes is not it, but we have met our basic needs in football and basketball and are getting there as a whole. Georgia announces a $300 million campaign to support key department priorities over the next five years. The Commit to the G campaign will focus on generating support in three distinct areas, people, places, and programs. In recognition of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, $50 million of the campaign will be earmarked for women's athletics priorities at Georgia. Alabama and the city of Tuscaloosa have come to an agreement that will cut the city-imposed service fee on all tickets sold for events with stadium capacities of 1,000+, which could result in alcohol being sold at sporting events as soon as this fall in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Per the Crimson White's Solly Nieslick, 
To account for the money that would have gone towards first responders from the service fee, the deal includes the university devoting $250,000 to Tuscaloosa City Hall each year from 2024 to 2028, as well as scholarships for Tuscaloosa police officers and firefighters and their children. Maine's new softball facility should be online by March, complete with an artificial surface, lights, a two-lane hitting pavilion, bleacher seating for 500, including 200 chairbacks, new dugouts, and a press box. The new field hockey and soccer fields should be ready for their respective 2023 campaigns, with construction on both starting this fall. Terrific personal news from Iowa State AD Jamie Pollard, who says, Today is a great day. Not only is it Ellen's birthday, I successfully passed my three-month interval of scans for cancer this morning. I am pumped to now graduate to six-month intervals for future scans. Looking forward to celebrating both occasions tonight with Ellen. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1TN5 for Friday, June 17th. I'm Jack Vaughn, and be sure to check in later this afternoon.